I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Good morning. Hello, Tully Louise. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. How are you? I'm good. We're, it's a little bit different this morning. We're in a bit of a rush. so <laughs> We're sitting in the car doing this intro, but that's okay. It's Monday morning and we're ready for a banger of a week. Banger of a week. Big week ahead. We're just about to go into our little Fox Fit, fit session. I know, and I'm dreading it this week. So last week I was dreading it too. This week I'm dreading it. I don't know what is the matter with me at the moment. I think the three kilometre, it's like a dread. Yeah, it is a dread. So we're doing a three kilometre distance running day today and my legs are absolutely cooked because <laughs> Sarah and I separately, well, we went together, but separate. We went to the Melbourne show yesterday yeah. with our nieces and your nephew. Mate, that place is hectic. We are really good aunties. I, my sister and her partner actually said at the start um, of the morning, they're like, thank God Tully came. I heard them say it. And oh, I was really? Like, yeah, because it's a lot. No, that's exactly. So my thing was I went with my brother Mark and his wife Ash. They've got three kids. So it was, okay, an adult had a kid each. Yes. I had Macy, the baby. She fell asleep. The parents went off and did rides. And so yeah. it was just a lot. And also, I don't know about you, and we all know that my head's crazy, but I created so much anxiety in my head that someone was going to go missing. And that's my worst fear. So I was, I stayed the whole day. I think they might've stayed like an hour. I drove so I could leave when I wanted to. They got the train. Um, and it was actually a beautiful day. It was like 22 degrees. I know. I got a bit of sun on my face yeah. actually. Um, so it was a beautiful day. So yes, we're exhausted, but we have a massive week this week. And- huge week. Very excited. We have a, an exciting day on Wednesday that um, is part of the podcast. I actually can't wait for that. Yeah. So um, I feel like we'll just wait until it comes okay. live, but it will be a really fun and different episode for us. Yep. And we are working with a brand that we freaking love, Chemist Warehouse. So it'll be really fun. But on today's episode, what do we have? We actually have a therapist. Yes. Solomon. Yes. So... I guess uh, when you were just talking about fear then, I was like, how appropriate you could tap into this here. But we did this podcast last week and we don't often leave and think, oh my God, that is like, I could listen to this episode like five times. Yeah, I'm actually excited for Matt to edit this so I can re-listen because there was a few moments in this when Solomon was talking and we were both like, oh my God. Mm. At one stage, Sarah was like, oh my God, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> but don't it was a really. Don't tell everyone that. No, please. Sorry, but um, it was a really good m- episode. And basically, why you wanted to do this episode was. Yeah, well, I slid into um, Solomon's DMs, and he is a highly um, recommended. recommended therapist by several of our friends. And a theme kept popping up in our lives of relationships with parents. Mm-hmm. 
and creating boundaries. Exactly. And um, there was a few issues with parents. And so I reached out to Solomon so we could have a bigger, broader conversation Mm -hmm. about this because I was like, if our friends are going through it, sometimes we go through Mm it, a lot of people are going through it. Yeah. And so then that leads on to friendships, friendships, relationships, relationships, and it was just like one intense life-changing aha moment. Yeah, podcast. but it literally went into a circle and yeah. it went back to why we started. So it was everyone a- I've spoken to since, I'm like, oh my God, we had an amazing mm. podcast. Mm. This is this, this. And they're like, I want to listen. Yeah. So that is today's episode and it is a really great episode. I feel like we should just dive straight into it because it's fucking amazing. But also, if you get something out of it, can you please reach out to us and yes. even pass it on to your friends because I really, really, truly think that this episode can just shift something in people's lives. And we love hearing, um, you know, having comments, messages, sorry, sent to us about how you love the episode. Makes my day. Yeah. So if you did get something out of this, please hit us up in the DMs and, you know, always subscribe to the podcast because that means we can keep creating episodes for you guys. And I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. So have a beautiful week. Love you. And you might need to listen to this twice, three times, four times, five times. I'm definitely excited to listen again. Pass it to your parents too. Maybe. Mm, I'm kind of like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not mine. Um, No, but it's great. So hope you guys like it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and pass on to all your friends. Like Sarah said. Ciao. Bye. Solomon, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Welcome. Pleasure. Yeah, and it's good to have you on. I have to be honest here. I slid into your DMs. <laughs> but not for that reason. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, I am like recently da- on the dating scene again, but it wasn't for that reason. Uh, you came highly recommended to me mm-hmm. from a, f- a friend mm-hmm. and there's a common theme in my life at the moment that it's friends coming to me with issues with their parents mm-hmm. and in particular their mum and they don't know how to deal with it. And recently I had a, a conversation with my own mum and she reacted in a way that I didn't expect her to. And I've realised how much of an impact our relationship with our parents and in particular our mum and how we were brought up mm-hmm. affects our relationships in our lives. Mm. Is that true? What do you think? Well, I think, don't they say everything comes down to childhood? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything's shaped by the time you're about seven. Mm. Um, and up until that age, you're just a sponge. Everything's on yeah. record. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a blank tape and everything's just being recorded. Your environment, conversations, body language, how parents treat each other, how parents treat different siblings, Um whether there's any discrepancies between what you're being told and what's being done, how safe you feel. And then as kids, we creatively adjust to that. So in in psychology, we call that uh, creative adjustment, Mm -hmm. where when you don't get particular needs met and then you creatively adjust to meet that in your own way. Mm -hmm. And and if that's not checked, we take that into adulthood. What do you mean? Can you give an example of that? An example of, of creative adjustment. Creative adjustment. Yeah. Well, we all do it. So how do we um, how do we meet a need that wasn't met during childhood? You know, some some kids um, do it by being overly nice. And so then they take that into being an adult. So they're overly nice to everyone and they get trampled on as an adult because 
um, they don't have very good boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so they do things for other people hoping that they'll be liked. Yeah, right. There's no value in that. And then they get treated accordingly and then they become resentful and then they end up hating that person and relationships end. So what's the parent's pattern there with them being overly nice? What are they doing to their child or not doing, Can, sorry? Maybe, maybe punishing them for not okay. being good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if you're a good girl or a good boy, you get this. Oh, and, yeah, if okay. you, and if you're not, you get ignored or you get punished. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I'm, I'm being very general here. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. What if a child is like a mediator in a family? Like there's a lot of conflict like around them with parents or mm. volatility. What kind of adult does that create? Are you talking about you or me? <laughs> I think it might be a little bit of both, both of us. Yeah. Well, maybe you can um, Well, just then when you were talking about not having boundaries, mm. I didn't learn what boundaries were until I was 30 years old. I'd never set a boundary in my life and I just let people and situations get to me and mm. then I'd get to a point where I'd, I'd harbour everything and then I'd just explode and it wasn't healthy for me and it wasn't until um, I was in a relationship and he had done a lot of therapy and he was like, well, like there's no boundaries in your family and mm. people just come over, people say things and you let them and I did because I didn't have a voice mm. or I didn't want to Disrupt the peace, maybe. Mm-hmm. Are you not? It's that not. I can I just like put <laughs> yeah. a thing in. I feel like for you, the, what you're trying to say is you were the you were the kind of the matriarch of the family. Is that what you mean? I'm a peacekeeper and a mediator between everyone. Oh, okay, yeah. No, maybe not. What I thought. You yeah, were I mean, if you've got multiple kids in a family, yeah. we, they they take roles. One could be the troublemaker. One's the peacekeeper. Um, one's the adult, yeah. Um, depending on whether or not there's an absent parent, mm. a sibling will always step up and take that role, that parenting role. Mm. And you'll see it. You'll see it in a lot of families. If the father's not around, if it's a single mom or whatever, or, or, or the mum's not around and a single dad, it happens both ways. A child will step into the parent role. Then subconsciously, do does that child resent their parent for taking on that role? It catches up with them, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely it catches up with them. Yeah. And would that, <clears throat> with the pattern that's happening in my life with a lot of my friends having issues with their mum, is this probably the time in people's life where a lot of the issues do catch up with them? Because I know for me I've recognised patterns in my own family. I'm like, oh, I don't want to replicate them anymore but I don't know how to change it. Mm. It, it usually presents itself as guilt. Guilt and shame. So if you're playing a particular role, say the parent role as a kid, you've got to put your own needs to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't develop a sense of wonder and a sense of exploration as a child because it's too dangerous. Yeah. Right? If I don't play this role as a kid, my family's going to go away and I'll be left alone. Oh, so okay. it's it's all about abandonment and, and uh, rejection. So the two biggest fears for a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. to be uh, is to be not loved and abandoned. abandoned. Yeah, so that creative adjustment I was talking about at the start mm. is to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, we'll fill that gap. If we see that there's a gap somewhere, boom, we'll jump in as as kids in in whatever way. Yeah, and so then that fear of abandonment mm. and rejection. Say when you get to a stage in your life where you want relationships, do those 
attachment styles affect those relationships? Oh, absolutely. Do you mean okay. romantic relationships? Yeah, romantic yeah. and yeah. even friendships. Absolutely. Like we spoke about friendship breakups the other week in a podcast and mm. there's attachment styles with friendships, it, yeah. like, which is just <clears> a different type of relationship. So I don't, maybe there is some kind of like abandonment or rejection feeling in certain situations with friendships mm-hmm. also. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're always trying to play out that creative adjustment. Mm. We're always trying to play it out and make that the reality. So basically by the time we're seven, we've created a role for ourselves. Correct. How do we now as adults recognise the role we've created for ourselves? By doing the work. Okay. Going to see a therapist. Yeah, by doing doing the work. And – there reaches a point, well, there there comes a point where that just doesn't work anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. The therapy? No, the that that role that you have had designed oh, as yeah. a kid, because you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see it play out. You know, failed relationships, um, friendships that don't end up working working out. You know, that transient type of um, interaction, mm-hmm. and and for most people, it it reaches a an endpoint where it just it, it, it's not going to get you any further mm. than than that. And I think for most of us, we get that little spiritual knock on the door that says, "Hey, um, there's there's there's, some there's, pattern. there's there's more to life. Yeah, there's, there's more to life than what you're doing right now. There's something mm. beyond this. Yeah, there's something beyond what you're doing right now. You're not happy. Yeah, and, it, and this is all very kind of um, it, it's it's almost like a feeling, it's subconscious, mm. you know. And I, I explain it as um, the almost the pattern of human suffering where we know there's something beyond the habits we've created but our habits are so strong that it keeps us stuck. And that friction, yeah, is, is what, what I would describe as the, the, the human suffering, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And when we try and break out of that, to your point before, yeah, mm. and we go do the work and we're like, okay, I'm going to, try and break out of this pattern that I created as a kid, well, now you're rejecting your parents. Oh, okay. Yeah? Yep. You're rejecting the reality they created for you. There's an old saying, are you living your reality or the ones your parents created for mm. you, right? And when you try and break away from that, what you're actually doing subconsciously, very subtly, is you're rejecting your parents. So, on that's, an No, no, but that's... None of it's deliberate. No. None of it's deliberate or designed to do uh, any any hurt, but that's psychologically what ends up happening when we as young adults try and break away and change. And that's, that's something I think both Tully and I have recognised. I think we're going through that stage mm. and we know our parents did, they, did their best. Mm. That's all like mm. <laughs> as a parent we see our friends parenting and it's the hardest job and they're just doing their best. So mm. personally, I don't hold any resentment Mm-mm. to my parents for how I was brought up, but I just need to maybe change my story and figure out what it is I want rather than listening to how they conditioned me, yeah. I should say. Mm. Yeah. And we were talking before the podcast. I don't know if this kind of rolls in. I was saying a few of our friends, because we talk about all this stuff all the time and what Sarah said before, we're finding as we're getting older, got our own careers, breaking away from that kind of what we how we're brought up, um, 
we're finding that a lot of our parents are kind of jealous of our, our life or our mm. lifestyle mm-hmm. or how whatever. Is that because we broke away from ha- their parenting? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is that how do you deal with that? I can only speak for my own personal yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. So, my mother's life was force fed to her by her mother. Okay. Yeah. It was force fed, right? Open your mouth mm-hmm. and it's just shoveled in. You know, they, they lived a particular way, Eastern European, very village focused, mm-hmm. no boundaries, everybody's mm-hmm. in everybody else's business, yeah? And you play your role, you do as you're told, yeah? Because everybody needs to pull together yeah. in a village. Everybody pulls together. Somebody gets married, the whole village gets married type mm-hmm. of thing, right? And everybody's in everybody else's business and everybody's looking after everybody else's kids. Mm-hmm. So there's no such thing as get out, this is my room. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. No such thing. Yeah. So when when that's being force-fed to them, they know no other way than to force-feed it to you. Of mm. course. Right? But when that doesn't serve you and you don't want to live like that and they've kind of flown out to a country like Australia where there's so much more opportunity and we're not living in a village anymore, mm. it, it really does – Affect them mm-hmm. in a in a in a severe way when you're like, look, I'm not going to live that force fed life that that was given to you, and you can really see it. I know in my experience when I broke away, very black sheep, it really bothered them, mm-hmm. and it bothered them so much that it caused a split between me and my parents because they they couldn't they couldn't um, adjust their brain to the idea that I was going to live a life that suited me, not mm-hmm. them. They thought yeah. you changed. They thought. You changed? They thought I changed. They thought yeah. I was crazy. Okay. Yeah. They thought I was crazy. Mm. Yeah. Only now, like some 15 years later, that they're proud of the work mm-hmm. I do and mm-hmm. the things that, that I get to experience in my role as a coach and a therapist. Mm. Now you, you can hear them brag to their friends and, <laughs> and, and whatnot. But at the start they had it penciled in for me what kind of life I was going to live, mm-hmm. right? Office job, married at 25, yeah, mm. um, to a to an 18-year-old girl who had never been with a man before mm-hmm. and, you know, all this 1950s rubbish. Yeah. And I just didn't aspire to any of that. And it was really difficult for them. Mm. It was really difficult for them to wrap their head around the fact that there was another way to do things. Mm. So for them, they felt very, very rejected by that and their way of lashing out was through um, guilt. Okay. Yeah, saying things that were hurtful. Yep. To you. To me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, trying to elicit that guilt feeling, which Mm -hmm. I know a lot of of your listeners will will, relate to. Will will relate to. So I know know from my experience – when a life has been force-fed to them and it becomes their reality, it's just an expectation that you will follow suit, yeah? And you've heard the, the saying, break the cycle, mm. yeah? And normally people talk about it in, in, in regards to violence and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it's also break the cycle in terms of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, break the cycle in terms of upbringing. Once um, I'm probably speaking on behalf of a couple of our friends that are uh, – 
amongst that current situation mm. right now. Yeah. They've got the pack in the middle. Their parents <laughs> are guilting them. <clears throat> their parents are playing victim. Being narcissistic. Being narcissistic. Mm. What do you do because you're trying to... Can you give me an example? Um, <laughs> um, so, so not... Don't man- use- manipulating other people to think badly of you. Yes. Okay. And um, just being... Creating stories. Yeah, being aloof. Mm, um, mm. Blame. And because their relationship has changed. They used to be close, not so much now. And I I don't know why. The, and I don't know if the mum knows why, the daughter knows why, but there's just conflict. And what's happening is they're coming to us and we're like, I've got no, I don't know what, what do you, to do. It's your mum. Like, so there's like two things. It's the, like it's your mum. It's like, well, I actually don't want anything to do with my mum. Like she's got to a point that it's, Upset me so much mm. that do I want anything mm. to do with her? And then again, like, why does it upset her so much? I think the, the actions, the actions, um, and maybe because of what they used to. Ha- I know personally, if it was me, you'd hold on to what you you used to have. And some of the things that are happening, it's just narcissistic, like yeah. just not okay mm. situations. Right. So she's got this like thing that it's like, okay, like I love my mom. It's my mom, but then it's like she's done something. Not something. The mum's to- things toxic, toxic for her so much. She's like, I actually don't want this in my life anymore. And then someday she's like, Sash, like I don't have any family. Mm. Like, but it's my mum. It's like, what do you do when you're in that middle part that you said you were in as well? Yeah. So what I did again, mm. I can only speak for my own yeah. experience. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think what I'm hearing is they had something quite different to what they have now. Yeah, something of course. Quite, yeah, quite yeah, close. yeah. Yep. It was? Like a yeah. mother-daughter relationship, right. shopping mm. together, you know, all that kind of thing. Right. And what changed? Well, I don't know. That's the goal. Well, uh, she, yeah. she, this person I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. tried to break away and develop her own. Oh, yes, of what? course. So career, family. Career, family. Yeah. Life. Yeah, life. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm. I'm getting you what hearing? you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you getting? That it's the guilt, like what your parents said, the guilt that it's not the way she wanted her life to be shaped out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? It's just not the same anymore. Yeah. 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 So it's not the same. I mean, I don't know this person mm-hmm. and I've got like two two sentences to go on. Of course. But, but it sounds like that this, this friend of yours is trying to break away and create her own identity, mm-hmm. yeah, which has threatened the relationship that they've had previously, mm-hmm. yeah. And the mum doesn't know how to deal with that, yeah, and the child's looking for validation in that. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this, yeah, can we still be friends? Can you still love me? Mm. And the mum's like, no. Mm. No, I won't. But then what's the health, healthy thing for you to do when your parent doesn't accept the change? Got to change your expectations of them. Okay. And how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. It's not easy. No. And it no. will hurt. I it's presume. not easy and, and it's very hurtful. Yeah. It, it can be very hurtful. Mm. To the but, parent or to you? Um, I think that, that's a great question. I'll change the word from hurtful to, to hard. It's hard. Okay. Mm, yeah. It's hard with your parents to change your expectations because you're always expecting something from them and, and mm-hmm. your parents are always expecting something from you. Yeah. The closer the relationship, the higher the expectations and the more difficult it is to remain objective. 
Think partners, yeah? Mm-hmm. Think parents. Mm-hmm. The closer you are, the harder it is to remove yourself and have no expectation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why in, in, in relationships it's very difficult to remain calm and neutral when things come up. It's because you're so close to that person, it's very difficult to create that space, to look at things objectively, to, to have an open, respectful line of communication. It takes a lot of work. Mm. A lot of work. So we're so reactive. So the closer the relationship, the more chance there is for reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in in relationship to that girl we're talking about and, and creating different expectations, yeah, <clears throat> it's about going away and doing the work and coming to that realisation that you're probably not going to get from your parents. Yeah. Can you have a rational conversation with your parents you think about? Things that go on. Can you can you explain? So, a a, a different friend. The mother thinks that she <laughs> a lot of friends. <laughs> there's a lot of friends that come <laughs> to ask for <laughs> issues. Uh-huh. Um, the mum thinks she has changed. Uh-huh. She insinuated that it was because of the partner she's chosen. Do you think that? she could have a rational conversation with her mum and be like, it's not him, it's just I've changed, I've done the work. Or do you think that there's no way because the mum doesn't have that awareness? So, so what's the mum doing? Um, she, want, she wanted to create boundaries. She wanted to create boundaries with her mum. The uh-huh. mum didn't accept it and was like, you're changed, blah, 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 ethnic family again. Mm-hmm. And was saying that she's changed as a person and it's only ever been since she's met this new man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, the only thing you can control is yourself. Is yourself. And the only thing you can control is your reaction, yeah, mm. to your parents' reaction to the placing of that boundary. Mm. That's all you can control and that's where the expectation needs to change. But what if they disrespect the boundaries you put in place? Then you need to adjust your distance. Okay. You can't go up to them and be like, hey, this happened previously, I've, I've warned you, mm. like I told you last time that this was going to, mm. that you hurt me by saying this, I don't mm. want you to do it again. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But if they keep doing it? Yeah. I mean, what happens then? It's kind, the of, door. Like, it's kind of like our parents still <clears throat> think that we're a child mm. and they don't see us growing up and having an adult relationship with them. They still mm. parent us, which I get. They're always going to be our parents, but they just don't see us growing, mm-hmm. which I find a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so that's where it's on us and not on them. Okay. Yeah. If we're going to go on this path of, of growth, yeah, we need to do it because it's the right thing for us. Because mm. it's not going to be right for them mm. all the time. Yeah. And again, they're going to have their reactions to it, just like anyone has their reactions to, to you growing. Mm. Yeah. People, people have reactions to what they don't recognize. And when someone has recognized you a certain way throughout most of your life and you change that, it's very, very disconcerting. It shifts the ground from underneath them. We're habit based creatures, we're comfort. Mm. Base creatures, unless you're trained in discomfort, unless you're trained in in knowing how to deal with things when they when they shift. I mean, look at COVID. Mm. Yep. 
Yeah. When when the environment forced discomfort on all of us, what happened? We went sideways because not a lot of us know what to do when things become uncomfortable. And mm. there's nothing more uncomfortable when someone that you're really close to starts to change, change and you don't recognize them and it becomes quite frightening for a number of reasons. Yeah. One, because it doesn't feel safe. Two, because it starts to reflect the work you're not doing. Yeah. And maybe the life you wish you had, mm. as you said before, I'm telling. Ah. Yeah. And all these things start coming up. Have you noticed as you, if you, as you guys have got more and more popular in your, in your lives and more successful in your work, have you noticed who cheers for you and who doesn't? Oh, 100%. Yes. 100%. And now why is that? Mm. These people feel uncomfortable seeing you succeed or… Jealous? Jealousy or… It's… It's, it's, their, own, it's, it's their own yeah. stuff. Mm. Jealous is an interesting word. It's we both started here. Yeah. Uh, You're now there yeah. and I'm still here. Yeah. Okay. And that really is really confronting for me because I don't know how to get to there. Mm-hmm. And rather than be inspired by you being there and working that out, no, fuck you, come back here. Wow, they bring uh-huh. you down. No, Tall poppy syndrome. Fuck you, yeah, come yeah, back yeah, here. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Mm. And that's where you'll get that those kind of comments where you know your kind of stomach turns a little bit yeah. and you're like, mm. Mm. wow, that's a really interesting comment coming from family. Yeah. Which you would think. And even your partner, like if you're starting to change and your partner's not changing. uh, Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like I've done couples work for as long as I've been doing this gig, which is about 15 odd years. Yeah. But even even if I'm just working with one person and they're in a relationship, one of the first things I'll ask is, are you in a relationship? And please understand that, as you go through the work and you start to change and you start to grow, you're going to become less and less and less recognisable to your partner mm-hmm. and they're not always going to like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're someone that's got low boundaries, mm-hmm. if you're someone that's got low standards and your partner uh, profits off that, they're not going to cheer for you when you start to lift them yep. because uh, they don't get what they need anymore. Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah. And, and if, if they're not willing to come up, well, what are they going to do? Yeah, uh-huh. gonna, trying to bring you down. They're going to pull you down so they can get what they need. Is it kind of like a domino effect? You either go f- to therapy for a relationship, a partner, and then mm. it brings up the stuff from your parents or you go for your parents and then it brings up stuff with your partner? They are they are not mutually exclusive. They are inextricably linked. Okay. They're inextricably linked. I mean, we choose our partners. Yeah. <laughs> the dog agrees. Yeah, right? exactly. Don't you, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Um, we choose our partners a lot of the time based off our unmet needs from our parents. Uh-huh. Can you dive a little bit more into oh, that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, I would yeah. like to know that too. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very, very subconscious thing because we're always trying to finish that business that's been left ajar yeah. from, from our childhood. We're always trying to finish it. Yeah, and if we can't finish it with our folks, we'll try and finish it with our partners. We're always trying to we're always trying to get what we didn't get when we were young in our relationship with our partners. We're trying to replay that reality all the time. That Gosh, role that again. Makes that role so much again. Sense. We're can always trying to replay that, that of, role again. Can I give it? An, I think yeah. I might be able to give an example 100%. of my current relationship. So, and you can tell me if this is what you mean. Sure, but sure. growing up. And you know this, my parents weren't very affectionate. Mm. I mean, of course they loved me and, you know, dad would give us a kiss before bed, but I never heard my parents say I love you. Mm. 
even though I knew they did, but they just were never affectionate, never huggy. Like I see your family, you're like huggy. Mm. Growing up, I was like, it was just normal. And then when I got a little bit older, I wasn't affectionate towards my friends mm. or like in relationships. And I was like, this is a pattern. But in my current relationship, I am, and I'm not embarrassed about this, I'm so needy and affectionate that mm. he's like, Tully, like, like get off me. <laughs> but now I'm like, it makes sense because I never had that as a kid. And now mm. in my current relationship, that's all I kind of want. Mm-hmm. Well, Is it his I attention want. and his affection? It definitely his affection or just like, yeah, attention. Like yeah. want you like hugging me. I'm like always sitting on like mm. on the couch, like on top of him. He's like, get off me. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Makes sense. Can I, can I interject? Yeah. Oh, you no. No, no you threw me out of the Oh, it's Speaking about, the, I'll just add another layer on this. Tal's yeah. dad worked a lot and oh, wasn't yeah. really home much. Mm. Mm. Yeah, true. So I feel like I've got this, like, I need, not a, yeah, maybe the approval from him. The attention. The attention. So I'm like, oh, he loves me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Is that yeah. what you kind of mean? Is yeah. that a good, okay, great, yeah. gave the perfect <laughs> example. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> yeah. a per, it's a perfect example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if, if that's not regulated, uh-huh. yeah. And it, it can very quickly become something like smothering. Yeah. Yeah. And the other partner will get, or, or the other partner's probably probably used to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you guys will go through a pattern together. Mm-hmm. And then that'll only get so far. Mm-hmm. And then mm. the split happens. Yeah. And then if you don't kind of realize what that pattern is, mm-hmm. you'll go into the next one and you'll do mm-hmm, the same thing mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. And you'll do the same thing again. And I see it all the time. Um, my pattern's a little bit different, I think, mm-hmm. within relationships. I tend to go for the silent controllers. That, And I think going back probably because my dad has <coughs> such a, a a power over our family, like financial and things like that, mm. I go for men that might influence my thinking pattern and decision because I think they know best probably. Mm-hmm. That's mm. just me talking out loud and mm. thinking of it just then. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, my role was rescuer, right? So mm-hmm. um, having grown up in a really volatile home, mm-hmm. mm. really volatile home, um, my job in the house was to regulate the fear. Mm-hmm. So my choice in partner was was someone who was naturally afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you can feel that subconsciously, naturally afraid and someone that needed rescuing and saving. Uh-uh. That doesn't work. Mm, yeah. It doesn't work because you take, for me anyway, I kept taking my partner's agency away from them around finding their own sense of power. and, and um, They relied on you. And, and yeah, and yeah. to be able to rely on themselves and just be there for them to support mm. them but actually let them grow and and become whatever they need to be. No, 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 no. Mm. no, no. I, I had to be rescuing them. Yeah. yeah. I had to be rescuing them and then it, it'll always turn into arguments because people don't like being rescued. People don't like to be made to feel like they're stupid and they don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to work it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. That, that has a time limit, mm. yeah? And so I, I could never understand. I, I, I do everything for you. I'm so nice and blah, 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 and it, it, it would never work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my current relationship now, it's it's something that I've kept a microscope on as making sure that I don't jump in 
and rescue my partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm there with the rope. Yeah. Yeah. If she needs it, but it's always up to her mm. to find her way through the water. Yeah. And, you know, we've been together for five years and we're, we're, we're stronger than ever because mm. we, we support each other, we listen, but we don't do the work for the other person. Mm. Yeah. It's communication. It's That's communication. What, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's communication. And it's, and it's changing your expectations mm. as well. Like similar, similar to parents, yeah. The expectation is, is if your partner's sad, you've got to run in there and fix them. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't, yeah. It's true. Like uh, even in a friendship sense, mm. Tully came in today and she was like, I'm in a mood. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I can tell. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And flat. my natural instinct and I said to her, is there anything I can do to help? Mm. Because I wanted to shift her out of that mood because mm. I don't like seeing her thick down like that. Yeah. But knowing I can't really do anything, and I'll probably even agitate. You actually thing. said I'm not going to try and help you because I'm going to trigger you, and I was mm. like, yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's it because mm. naturally I wouldn't. <clears> but I now know that that triggers her when I try and help her. Yeah, and so what you're describing is the difference between being empathetic and sympathetic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, not really, but explain. no, not really. And, and and this might tie in nicely to how we change our expectations around our parents. Yeah. yeah. Right. So sympathy is buying in with emotion. It's buying in with your story. It's my natural instinct to want to help her because I don't like seeing her upset. Yeah. So it's Can more you, about her. So. so the whole oh. thing's about you. Oh. Okay. The, None of that's about. Geez, that was a narcissistic oh, comment by me. There was no, no, no. I, I, no I, 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 I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't mean no, no, to be no, rude no. when I say no. that. But the no, whole thing, that's about me. Yeah, but yeah. the whole thing's trying to allay how you feel yeah. seeing your friend down. Yes, yeah, 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 none yeah, that's of it's actually really right. None of it's got to do with Tal. It's about right? me. It's about yeah. you. Oh, a feeling arises in you. You don't know how to hold it. Yeah. Yes. You don't know how to that sit with it. So much sense. Yeah, and. Because you can't fix it, the easier thing to do is to fix your friend. Mm. Same with our, same with our relationships with our parents and uh-huh. our partners. Yeah, you're trying to change. Your parents have a way of dealing with it. Trigger something in you. You don't know how to sit with it. Your parents are toxic. Mm. We label them toxic. We label them toxic. Yeah, we label yeah. them difficult. We label them whatever. Mm. But if we were just to change our lens take the expectation, the emotion away and become uh, empathetic rather than sympathetic. Now, empathetic means how can I try and best understand this without getting emotionally involved and including myself in it? Like I said before, very difficult to do when it's someone really, really close uh-huh. to you, but it is achievable. So yeah. in, in that situation with Tal yep. in a mood today and she didn't know how to shift it, mm. what do you – do I just say – Cool. Good luck for that one. <laughs> Good luck, Move mate. On, mate. Move on. So how did you address her? What did you say? Uh, I said I could tell and then I, I said. You um, said um, I can tell I was going to try and help or do something, but I know it would trigger you. And I was like, more. yeah, probably would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just said to her, I said, there's going to be something in your day later mm. on that you'll reflect on and be like, mm. oh, that shifted my mood today. Mm. And it's something that you can use later on. Mm. Just, just a simple question. Yeah, like like how are you? Like, do you want to talk? Oh yeah, oh yeah, true. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, no, cool. That's actually my response. Yeah, no, no, cool. Yeah, well, I'm here if you do. 
Mm. Instead of making it about how you're feeling. Mm, exactly. Mm. And that's that's the simplest definition of sympathy empathy. I actually so, really like that. So yeah. empathy is a little bit um Misrepresented. Yeah, I'll so we always. How I thought. Tally describes herself as yeah, an I empath. Empath. I think I'm. Yeah, an empath. But now I'm listening. Maybe to that, we're just narcissists. Mm. <laughs> I think. I think like, I someone I described empath to me the other day as the ability to feel someone, uh, someone and 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 what they're going through. Yeah. But empathy is not letting that get in the way of how you deal with them. I have been using that word completely wrong. Like exactly how You that absorb just, people's emotions. I Yeah, and I, if you're feeling upset, oh, but then it's about me. It's not about the mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. So when mm. you cry about someone and like. Because I see an old man sitting at a cafe at a restaurant and I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for him. And my mum's like, I feel bad for him. He's out enjoying a meal by himself, mm. whatever. Mm. But that's actually about me. Because mm-hmm. you're uncomfortable. Because I'm uncomfortable being alone. I feel bad. <gasps> wow, I'm mind blown. Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah, yeah. not what I thought empathy meant. Yeah. Yeah. People use the word empathy like um, maybe the word anxious. So loosely. Glamify. So loosely. I think they're talking more about compassion. Okay. Yes, okay. Empathy is getting to the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Empathy is getting to the bottom of it. So the way I speak about it when I do lectures, seminars, and whatever is empathy is erring on the side of never being quite sure what you're being told. Uh-huh. Yeah, until the person talking to you figures it out. Okay. So you have to be comfortable with not knowing. All the time. My job is literally eight hours a day of being comfortable not knowing. Mm. Even if I know that I know, I take the hat of I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Can you explain it? Because it doesn't matter if I I know or not know. It only matters if you know. Mm. It's the only thing that matters. Like we said before, you know, I I I feel like I, I naturally want to do this and I naturally want to mm. do that and I don't like seeing my friend this and I don't like seeing my friend that. That's all about you. You're never going to get anywhere near what's going on for your friend. Mm. That's not empathy, yeah? Empathy is I don't care about how you feel. I care about you and I'm going to sit and be calm and ask the the appropriate questions with the information that I'm hearing Mm -hmm. to help you understand what's really going on for you. Mm. And that that light bulb moment comes to them themselves. Yeah. You don't force your opinions or anything. Never, 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 never. Never. Mm. And, And it's hard to do but that's one of my... It's one of my trademarks, I guess, if you will, is in any podcast I've been on, I Mm -hmm. I say the same thing. My job is literally my entire business and my life has been built off the back of I listen carefully and I feed back accurately. So with our our friends Uh coming to us with all their issues, Uh how... And this is for any mm. person. Everyone goes to their friends for their yeah. issues. How do you hold that space mm. and give appropriate feedback without, without projecting opinions. your, yeah. your yeah. opinion? Well, it depends what, what they're after. What do they need? Mm. Sometimes I think our friends just want to outlet. They're not. Event. I wouldn't say our friends. Sarah and I have done work mm. in the past. Like we've had our own issues, done work. Mm. And we're open to like talking about our feelings or hearing feedback and stuff. I think a lot of our friends haven't and they just need to let stuff 
off their right, chest. Right. So it's hard for us mm. not to give our opinion uh-huh. and just listen. I find it hard because yeah. yeah. exactly what you said before, I want to help them, but then mm. that's more about me, not them. 100%. They know what they need to do. Yeah, you're so, right. So it's very arrogant of us to think that we can actually yeah. help because mm. they already know by, by virtue of how they feel uh-huh. what it is that they need. But they might not be aware of it. I was just about to say, but they know what it is that they need. You don't need to. You don't need to help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. How do you understand your feelings? Because you can feel something, mm-hmm. but maybe you can help them sort recognize. sort their their thoughts and their feelings yeah. out by being inquisitive. Okay. Yeah. So Rather that- than. Yeah. Go on. No, no, no. no, no. no, no. Well, rather than thinking that you know what's going on for them and mm-hmm. then you immediately stop listening and your brain goes into fix-it mode. As soon as you know what the thing is, your brain shuts off, yeah. your ears shut off, and all you start doing is you're going into how can I help this person, how can I fix them, what advice can yeah. I give them. Yeah? If you shut that, that off, off. Yeah. Just, just shut it off. Yeah, And just... Become more like an interviewer, like you are here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah? What happened? What, what do you mean by toxic? Mm. What does that mean? Like what in, in, um, in relation to your mum, what do you mean by toxic? Mm. How is it toxic? Just let them explain it. Yeah. Because the answer is in there. Sitting ex- there. And yeah, you have done it a few times to us today. I yeah. noticed you asked Sarah something. I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. I well, asked that- you this morning what, in your feral mood. I said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was in I said, I, was so I said, did something happen this morning or yesterday to put you in that mood? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But if she wants to talk about it, mm. if you say, hey, you want to talk about it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, really? Okay, then cool. Then go in Then you it. can. Yeah. Then you can. Start your inquiry. And the way I would normally do it, and I'm not trying to teach you guys how, mm. to, how to do therapy, but the skills that I teach are their, their relationship skills. They're not necessarily therapy skills mm. either. Uh-huh. Yeah? It's listen to what they're telling you and stop assuming you know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if you're having an argument with your partner. 100%. If you hear the word toxic, you know what toxic means mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. You don't know what toxic means to them. Yeah. Even if you think you know, ask them. Oh. What do you mean by toxic? Yeah? If, some, if your partner says something, rather than <laughs> flying off the handle <laughs> and giving yourself 0.5 of a second, how can you know anything about anything with 0.5 of a second? Mm-hmm. That's how quick it takes to react. Like, I'm, I'm having a ta-da moment, right? Good. We love these. Yes. Yeah. So like you just said, our view of toxic is completely different to everyone else's. Uh-huh. We think everyone thinks the same as us. Yeah. That's, that's how we're brought up. Yeah. We, uh, love, no, your problem. You're you always. Oh, I know that that is one of my problems. Yeah. I think my way is the best way. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, if I'm doing something, I'm like, do it this way. No, if I'm doing something, she's like, why are you doing it like that? I'm like, Sarah, I've told you so many times. My brain works different to yours. Can you just let me do it my mm-hmm. way? No, but this is <laughs> going to relate back to a. Um, I was seeing a guy for a little bit, and Tully sent me a podcast, and it was about love, mm. and it was especially with partners, the way you can be in a relationship and love someone but they can feel so unloved in that same relationship 
because you don't know how they feel love. Mm. Like the love languages. Exactly. Yeah. Say so like you think like so buying gifts is love and you're buying them everything and they're f- and but there might be quality time. They could feel so unloved in that one relationship. Yeah, I mean you've just described 90% mm. of what I work with in relationships. It's wow. understanding each other's love languages and whether or not you have the ability to break through your reality to meet that mm-hmm. love language of the other and 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 vice versa. What do it you always mean works break out, through? Break what? through and and you know, we spoke before about how we choose our partners based on our subconscious needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Needing to break through to break through that. So <clears throat> again, I'll speak personally. I'm very much acts of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go to work, you know, do my bit, the very masculine role. I'm out all day, slaving my guts. I pay all the bills, I pay the rent, I do this, but 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 that's how much I love you. <clears throat> but I, I don't understand why you're upset. I I go to work. I pay. Mm, yeah. What? What? I, I don't. I don't. Under, I don't. Under, I don't understand. And if I can't see beyond that, I'm going to get so rejected. I'm going to feel so hurt that I do all this shit, and my partner's still sitting there, and she's pissing at me mm. because her love language is quality time. Quality time, love and affection. Oh, sorry, love and connection. Mm. Um, words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just come and sit with me. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Mm. Just going to go upstairs, have a shower. Mm. Thinking, I've done my job. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've done yeah. my job. I've done my job to show you my love. But you're not like. But, mm, but yeah. you haven't heard shit. Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa, if we can't break out of those realities and come up, meet each other so for me what I learned to do was come home go upstairs have a shower refresh come back down on on yeah. on back on mm-hmm. yeah and that's all it takes it's just an extra hour mm-hmm. yeah just one hour and it, it honestly it changed everything mm-hmm. Becky used to say you're not listening to me funny thing to hear for yeah. a third is you're yeah. not listening to me. Like, and I couldn't hear her mm. saying that to me until I did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Until I did. And and it it flipped everything. It flipped everything. Because that worked for a while, being kind of um not not doing our own thing, but playing out that pattern. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, it, it, it has a time limit. Yeah. yeah. It has a breaking point. Most relationships do where that pattern just doesn't work anymore. You build up resentment and whatever. What you really need starts to really come out, whether you can break through that or not. Mm-hmm. Depends on how well, how much work you've done, how well you can communicate, whether or not you want to go to. So to maintain a, a, a healthy relationship, say, with a friend and also your mum. Mm-hmm say all this conflict that's arising with let's take the mummy as an example uh, her needs not being met by you as a daughter and she's feeling unloved huh it's actually a good question mm. that's a great question yeah mm. 
What do you think? <laughs> I think yes. Yeah. Because I think love languages is friendships, relationships. Every relationship love, in yeah. your life. And so once you understand how your mum, friends and everyone needs to be loved, that's mm-hmm. when. And once you understand how you need to be loved yeah. and if your parents can't meet it, then you need to change your expectation and mm-hmm. that will make you a lot happier. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. See, I've done, I think I've done a lot of work on my relationship with my father because I often felt unloved from him mm-hmm. and I consciously spend time with him to work on that relationship. And I remember driving with him one day and it was like I asked him about his relationship with his parents and then I realised, I was like, he shows love in a different way from what I needed to him. So him buying me presents, doing things for me, that's how he loves. But mine is quality time mm. and um, yeah. with him. I was like, oh, I felt unloved, but I was like, oh, my God, no, he is showing me love in his own language. Yeah. And it yeah, was yeah. just like it shifted my whole relationship with him. You Isn't that incredible? That yeah. Mm. What about your mum though? I haven't really yeah, done that. I know. <laughs> like, I feel like you've done it with your dad but not your mum. No, but because I didn't grow up with my dad. So yeah. my parents were separated and at a very young age. And so I always felt more unloved from dad. my dad. With mum, there's been a lot of work on that relationship because, again, I grew up with her being volatile and not knowing what mood you were going to get. So I used to walk work, walk on eggshells mm. around her. But then as she's done work, as I've done work, our communication, we communicate in a much more honest way than ever before. Yeah. Like I can have those conversations with her. I don't know if I could have those conversations with my dad because the old saying is you can only meet someone as far as they've met themselves. Mm-hmm. So mum and I probably have a, a deeper relationship and I do with dad but only at a certain extent as far as he's met himself. Mm. And it's with Tully as my best friend, we have such honest and raw conversations because we've both done the work. Yeah, so you can step into that place together. Yeah. yeah. And with our friends that are having conflict, it's hard, like you were saying, harder for us because some we feel like being like, but just go to therapy. Yeah. But they're the type of people that they probably wouldn't go to therapy. But they also need to get to a point in their life where they rec- need to recognise mm. that they need to go to therapy yeah. for themselves. If they want to change. Some people are comfortable in how they are. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people need to change their idea of what they think therapy is. I think so. What do you mean by that? Yeah. It's a great question. You're you're a quick learner. (laughs) Well, we all have an understanding of what we think therapy is. Therapy is for people that have got problems or are Uh sick Mm -hmm. or are mentally unwell or all those those stigmas that we have. We don't want to admit that something might be wrong. Mm -hmm. But something doesn't have to be wrong for you to go and get help and to understand yourself better. That's all therapy is. Mm. It's a place where you go to help understand yourself better. The better you can understand yourself, the better you can interact with all 
um, uh, reflections of you in the world. Because all those things you're talking about today, your friends, their parents, they're all reflections of us. Mm. Your friend's parents are just a reflection of them because mm. they were brought into this world by them. They are, they are literally the living embodiment of them. Mm-hmm. And the better you can go and understand yourself, the, the better the interactions you're going to have with them are because you're not going to be met with the same sorts of reactions. You're going to understand your emotional responses better. You'll understand your emotional responses better. You can learn to contain them more and seek to understand. So I know I'll never meet my mum the way I need to because she's so church-driven. Everything's done through the eyes of church. Mm -hmm. And that used to reject me a lot. And I used to find it really frustrating and irritating. Mm -hmm. And I would would seek to destroy that for her Mm -hmm. by pointing out all the holes in religion. Mm -hmm. Yep. And paying no respect to the fact as to why she puts religion front and center and she lives in that world. It's a very good reason why mm. she lives in that world. Yeah? Once I, once I came to, to understand my own reaction and rejection around that and feeling unloved from my parents and that's really what I was seeking and I don't need to seek it anymore because I'm a grown fucking man. Mm. Yeah. I now walk in, you know, to the house and say, you know, things like, you know, God bless you. May yeah. God give you a long life, mm. you know. Uh, did you go to church today? What mm. did you learn? Mm. Things like that where in the past I would have been like, if, if you even mention religion, I'm out of here. Mm. Do you do that so, because it makes your mum happy? So that last comment I just made, yeah. in the past if she would even mentioned religion, I'd be out of there. Yeah. And that's the part where most kids are with their parents. If you even mention that, I'm out. That's your reaction. It's toxic. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even talking to me. Yeah. 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 God loves you. Mm. What, 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 what about you? Mm. I'm not important. God loves you. Mm. Right. I'm out of here. I, I, I can't do this. Mm. Whereas now it's it's met with love. Yeah. Because I don't need her love that way anymore. I understand why she does it. I understand my reaction. And I can meet her there now. So the connection is really different. Mm. My expectation of her is different. I don't need her to meet that unmet need for love in me. I go and meet it myself. Mm-hmm. So I just let her play out whatever she needs to play out. And if I want her in my life, that's where I've got to go and meet her, mm. unfortunately. That's mm. where I've got to go and meet her. Yeah? You can only meet someone where, where they're at, right? Yeah. Yeah? And she doesn't want to get pulled out. Mm. And there's a good reason why. So go and meet her there. Mm. And... You know, on, on expectations as well, the interactions between my mum and dad can can go a certain way and I would always jump in and, and correct him. And you should talk to her like this and, you know, I would always be correcting. And that's, mm. that's my shit. Mm. I'm coming into their fucking home mm. and telling them how to talk to each other. Mm. And it would always end the same way. And I would always say, I can't be around these people. They're, they're, they're no good for me. Mm-hmm. Toxic, whatever. And it wasn't until my sensei looked at me and he said, Solomon, who's the common denominator here? Oh, what do you mean, sensei? Well, how often do your mother and father sit at a table and eat together when you're not there? Mm. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> that only happens when I'm there. Mm. Mm. 
They only speak to each other like that when I'm there. They're both fighting for my attention. Mm. I'm fighting for their love. They're fighting for my attention. Holy shit. I'm the common denominator. Mm. I'm causing that friction. I'm causing that tension because I'm there. Mm. And I'll never forget that that bombshell moment of if 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 I'm creating that and and this is happening because I have a certain of expectation of how they should be treating each other and therefore me. Mm. I've got to walk in there differently, mm. otherwise I'm going to keep getting the same result. Yeah. So I walked in and I apologised to both of them and I said, that will never happen again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, when certain things happen that would trigger me normally, yeah, I just remind myself, yeah, that it's not my job to change them. Mm. They've been together for 60 years. Yeah. Yeah? Mm. And immediately the feeling just goes, the thing passes and it's like magic. It's like, oh, holy shit. Mm. It's all good. Then they say something really nice to each other. And I'm like, that wouldn't have happened if I had gotten involved. I would have caused World War III, (laughs) blown up the joint. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, almost like that, you know, that little girl with the hospital burning behind her, you know, that meme? No. Like that, no. that meme with the hospital and the little girl smiling, you know, that, like that. Yeah. But now I, I just wait five seconds, I let my reaction pass, and then they're nice to each other. Mm. And now I'm no longer in conflict with my, with my father, who's never shown me affection in his life. But in the last five years, do you know what's happened? He's become affectionate? This, this man was a man's man, mm-hmm. like yeah. proper, proper man's man, like iron fist. He walks over to me, hugs me, kisses me, tells me he loves me. I mean, this is, it, it's wild. So everything that I wanted from him that yeah. I couldn't get by trying to force mm. it, yeah. now, I'm now getting by stepping back, changing my expectations and managing my feelings, mm. Yeah. And not trying to kind of force them into what I want them to be. I just let them be who they naturally are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need them to understand my growth anymore. Mm. Why do we try and control people and make them who we think they should be? Well, why do you think? I mean, that's that's a great, great question. mm -hmm. Why do we try and control people? Um, We're talking about because we know best or because. Again, like. Well, because we don't want our realities threatened. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't want the way we do things to come under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. No, I just thought that it, I was thinking about a previous relationship and I was like, well, why, do I, why did I project control. and try and control the person they were? Mm. Like down to the point of how he, I didn't like how he used to dress. <laughs> you ready for this, Sarah? Yeah. Who are they? Who are they? Who? What do you mean? They're their exactly. own person. Yeah. They're Who their are own. they? Who is anyone? Mm. Mm. They're themselves. They're themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But where do they exist? In where my, does Where does anybody exist? In my own thoughts. In your own understanding of yeah. them. Yeah. So you're not really trying to control them. I'm trying to control my thoughts of them. Correct. Mm. You're trying to control your understanding of them and what they represent to you. Mm. It's that I heard it the other day. It was 
you people are more worried about what you correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong about what you think I am than what did Jay Shetty say yeah. that? Yeah, I listened to that this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that no, um, oh. people worry too much about what I think you think I am you know, rather than what I am. Mm. My 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 perception of me is I only validated by what. You I think they think. Yeah, that I think you think about me. Mm. And where does all that come from? Probably insecurities within it yourself. It comes from you anyway. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. But if that's not held, if that's not. Like it, I want you to think I'm a nice person. I want you to think that yeah. like I'm a helper. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so we project what we want people to think about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally we project out what we don't know how to hold ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We don't know how to hold our own value. Mm. How do you get past that? Yeah, we don't know how to hold our own values, so therefore we project it out by seeking validation. Seeking validation through doing too much, through and trying to be seen to be good, seen to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, seen to be uh, even going down to social media like uh-huh. likes and things like that. Yeah. Validation. Yeah. yeah. I'll do all these things for you and then and then wonder it why. It makes me feel good about myself. Exactly. And then wonder why. Uh, I still get treated like shit. Well, well mm. why is that? Well, mm. because there's no value in that. Mm. How, do, how does one build up their own value and self-respect? Because even at the start of this conversation, I was like, oh, my God, therapy is just basically building up your own self-respect about yourself. Yeah. And not letting people trample on mm. that and holding a boundary around that. This conversation is fascinating the way it's weaving in and out the way it's weaving in and out of your original question I yeah. know so the, all of it is answering your original question but just in a very indirect way. way it's so fascinating what's the direct way so we're not confusing people find your own value mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay that's how that's how you um, get past the the conflict with parents. Wow. wow. Don't seek validation from yeah. your parents. Why do you need your parents to validate your change? Even if they don't understand it, of course they don't understand it. No one can understand your change. But are you comfortable enough with it? Do you understand it enough? Why are you looking to them? That sort of thing. If you understand your own value, then you won't seek it. But when you change, right, you're basically, you're basically giving up something very known and something very comfortable. So there's not a lot of solid ground underneath uh-huh, you, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's not a lot of proof that this change actually works yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of proof in the other person. Mm. Not enough proof here. So maybe we're checking with our parents to see if it's okay if we change. Because we still need their validation. Correct. Mm-hmm. We still need their permission. Is it okay mm. if I change? Because I'm not really sure. Mm. Yeah. So value takes away that need mm. yeah. to check. But mm. I was going to say it then, it then plays in on itself, but it doesn't really. How do you build that value? Yeah. It, that, that always comes down to self-care, Right. So therapy is really a combination of two main factors. One is building the confidence in what you already know works well for you and do it well and do it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So self-care. Yeah. If you know X, Y, and Z works really well for you and it helps take care of you, do it every day. Stop looking to the world to come and help you and rescue you. Mm. Go and rescue yourself. If you know long walks by the beach, podcasts, whatever, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That's like makes my day. Um, if you know that works <clears throat> for you, why aren't you doing it every day? Yeah. And, and it'll have something to do with, with, with shame and not feeling good enough to be in this world. We're all fighting that battle of feeling good enough to be present in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that first part of therapy is teaching you how to be present in the world. Mm. You've got to learn how to forgive yourself for the shit you've put yourself through throughout your whole life. That reality <laughs> part. Mm. Yeah. Then the second part of therapy is, you know, reaching into the unknown finding the things that you don't understand about yourself that make you feel really uncomfortable but that are going to help you grow and become a bigger version of yourself. When that gets really uncomfortable, you go back to your self-care and you keep doing that. It gives you the confidence and you lean back into what you don't understand about yourself and you keep doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how you find your value. And after a while, you get very comfortable in the search to, to grow and be better yeah, mm. and that discomfort doesn't scare you, and it's okay to be in the world in that kind of place of not knowing, and you don't need to hold on to your friend's arm and ask her if it's okay, because tomorrow morning you're going to get up and you're going to do your routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and again, anybody that knows me, I I harp on about this all the time. My first three hours is dedicated to it. Of a morning. Of a morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't see a client unless I'm taken care of first. Mm-hmm. So first three hours of my day, walk. Um, I take him for a, a massive walk, mm-hmm. coffee, mm-hmm. 100. Yeah, not 100 coffee. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, I come back, I jump in there. Yeah. Cold. It's freezing. The pool. <sighs> pool, yeah. Freezing. So it's at about eight degrees at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Cold plunge for five minutes. Get out. Gym. Yeah. Breakfast. I'm ready. Yeah. Your cup's filled up. Come at me. Yeah. 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 It's not only filled up, Sarah, it's overflowing. Yeah. And that's the best way to give when your cup's overflowing because then nothing's being taken. It's being shared. Mm-hmm. Ah. And you want you want it to be shared, not taken. I love that analogy. Yeah. 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 So for me, I don't get tired by the end of the day because it's overflowing. I need to get it off me. I yeah. need to get it out. Mm. Like I need to get the value out. Yeah. Mm. I've got that much there. Just get, yeah. Yeah. And so when I come home, I don't feel I don't feel emotionally drained. I feel tired because mm. it's very hard to concentrate for yeah. eight hours yeah. to catch everything that's going on, to stay really still and quiet mm. and not get involved. It takes a lot of energy to not do something, to not do yourself. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Because you know? it doesn't take any energy to, to do what you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so the work is trying to find out what you don't know. That's where the value, that's where the wealth, the health, that's where it all comes from Mm. is what you don't know. But use what you do know to build up your reserves, to build up your confidence, to hold yourself, to know that, hang on, I am good enough. I am worth um, um, this exploration and I'm going to go into it because I am valuable and I am loved and I love myself and I don't need anybody to do that for me, especially not my parents. Yeah. So when you end up going and making that aha moment and that big change, it doesn't matter what your parents think. Mm. And it doesn't matter what they say because they can't understand. Mm. 
And their reaction won't affect you. And their reaction yeah. won't affect you anywhere near like mm. it used to, yeah? Because you don't need them to endorse it mm-hmm. in order for you to feel like you've made the right decision. Mm. You just know you've made the right decision, yeah? Change is hard because it's, it's akin to death. Mm. Yeah? It's the death of self, mm-hmm. yeah? It's the loss of it's the loss of someone that you've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes change hard. First, you've got to say goodbye to that version and be like, every day, I, 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 we're not doing that anymore. Mm. Yeah. And then you might have to say goodbye to some relationships, mm-hmm. unfortunately. People that recognize you that way, that just can't be around you anymore. And I think that's where we're talking, where we get stuck is we're, we're trying to bring them with us. Mm. No, no, you don't understand. This is good for me. And they're like, no, no, you don't. You've changed. Oh, my God, you've mm-hmm. changed. So they're trying to pull you back. You're trying to pull them forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that maybe that toxic thing you keep talking yeah. about. But if, if you understand that that's just where they are and they're listening to it with their limited understanding of what they think is going on and they couldn't possibly understand your journey, you can actually meet them with a greater level of empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I wonder why they're choosing to react like that. Mm. That's okay. It's all good. They don't need to understand. I love them anyway. Mm -hmm. Wow, you've blown my mind. I know. Seriously. (laughs) I'm going to have to listen to this like five times myself. I was thinking that before. I was like, I need to really listen to that Well, because it's gone in so many different different directions, but it's still holding on to the theme. Yeah. It's almost like a a prog rock song. It's almost (laughs) like a, a prog song where... Um, it's done in odd time. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know where the one is. Mm-hmm. And it's come all the We've way We've done back. a massive loop. Yeah, We've we done have. a massive yeah. loop. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about um, parents. Parents and how come we have problems in relationships yeah. is because we don't understand our own value. Yeah. yeah. And we're seeking to always find it in the other. Yeah. And the other is just a, pro- a projection of us. Well, maybe that's our aha moment in this one because we came with the problems of oh, relationships 100%. and we're like, Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And I think the big one for you was, oh, holy shit, that's me. Yeah. That's me trying to. That's mm. me. That's yeah. me. I, that's me. When I was trying to fix Tully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was all about how I was feeling, mm. not about how she was. And that didn't was. even happen to me, but I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I've just learned something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and Tully, for you, was something about… The relationship. The, the relationships mm-hmm. and empathy, like having that different mm. understanding of what that word means now. Yeah. Totally not what and I getting it what was. you need from your parents <clears throat> in a in a romantic relationship. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, that's the yeah. love thing. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I think you're incredible. Yeah, you are. Oh, I was actually just thinking, oh my god, I actually need <laughs> you. Might have got some business from us. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, but- it was such a pleasure to have you on. Oh my god, you're so welcome. That flew. It did when- fly. I just saw your watch before, and I was like, oh my god, it's already that time. Solomon at the start was like, oh, how do we do it? And we're like, oh, it's just generally like a conversation, and flows. that's exactly how it has been. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think. We all looked at each other a few times and we're like, <laughs> like oh, oh, yeah, do, okay. Oh, do we know where this is? How, where are we going? Are we going to be able to bring this back? Yeah. And I love that because that's yeah. the art of not knowing. Yeah. We were sitting in. Not knowing. The un- well, we're, we're sitting in this could go anywhere. We're not mm-hmm. really sure what's coming up, mm. but we're going to go with it. I love and that. And that's really what. 
what life is. Mm-hmm. That's what life is. Not it's how, knowing. Not knowing. Yeah. And, and it's how well you can it's how well you can sit. We had no expectations. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No yeah. expectations. Yeah. 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 And look at what happened. Yeah, I love that. Look mm-hmm. at what happened with that. I love that. Where can people find more about you, Sol? Uh, more about me? Yeah, or about <coughs> you or like reach out. Um, if you're yeah, taking yeah, more yeah. people, I don't know, you might be full. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I usually run a pretty full book, but yeah. that, that doesn't stop. I shouldn't stop anybody from from reaching out. Mm-hmm. They can tell me what they need and I might or might not be the right person for mm-hmm. them. So I've, I know I've got a network of people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. They can contact me uh, via email, mm-hmm. solomon at themindninja.com.au. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they can reach out. And, yeah, so The Mind Ninja is a, is a play on the mind being psychology and, you know, the martial arts, which is what I've blended to create, oh, wow. to create the system that, that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing it for about 15 years. So it blends uh, Gestalt psychology, which is a particular form of yep. um, it's a, just a, a particular style of psychology. Uh-huh. So it's very here and now. It's very experiential. It, it focuses on the present moment and how the present moment links back to your past and bringing it to your, oh, to your immediate awareness. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, martial arts, which you, you can't get any more immediate than that feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How your body, how your body interprets fear, how your body interprets danger, and what your body does to protect itself from those things, mm. and everything that it misses out on in the pursuit of safety, which is basically everything else. Huh? That's a whole another podcast. Yeah, in itself. I know. Right? So I'm like, what is my body doing for you? What is uh, it? Like, when I'm on my face, <laughs> no, my body doesn't and, fear. I just freeze. And it. then, and then, and then NLP, which is how oh, we, yeah, do, yeah and which is. I, which you probably guys yeah. would know a lot about. We had a guest the, last she, week. She um, was a therapist too, yeah. but she um, oh, she was she's a fashion designer, but what her background was NLP. Yeah. Um, and we used to train with a trainer and he was an NL speaker? No, NLP. Just the way he spoke. Tully thought he was doing mind ninja I things was like, on like, her. I, I'm like, <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> don't talk to me yeah, that Don't way. talk to me like that. <laughs> what was he doing? Oh, no, just the way he used to communicate. I was like. Remember it's like I need you or something. No, like, no, no, no. It was just the words. Of, well, she phrased it as um, how she uses it as a parent was if her child's up in the tree, yeah. you know, don't fall. What that was she yeah. saying? Don't fall. Instead, say, what did she I say? I want you to be safe I up there. I want you to be safe up there. Mm. Like you mm. changed her language. Mm-hmm. And just the way he used to, I was so long ago, just the way that he used mm. to train us, I was like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And. It's it, it's a really powerful. Yeah, it's a really really powerful mm-hmm. tool because your language can affect your body, and, and then the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Um, you know, so the 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 mind whispers to the body, but the body controls the mind, mm-hmm. right? So the the two intertwine with each other, and sometimes you know you can correct mm-hmm. the body to help the mind, and oftentimes, yeah, you know, using language to help point out a particular. Um, a particular uh, incongruency, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Your body's telling me that you know, but you're telling me that you don't know. Mm. You like me this morning, mm. yeah, yeah. But your body's telling me that you do know, mm. and I'll just leave it there. Yeah, and I won't ask them anything after that, and I'll just let it hang. Huh? 
On that note, I feel like that is like a whole new episode. I forgot you guys were wrapping it up. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That just means we need to do another episode. No, I definitely, because I'm I'm like, really into it. I was like, oh, I know what my body is. (laughs) I I, I relaxed my shoulders because I was like, my body's showing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Solomon. You are so welcome. No worries. No worries. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.